Would you do me a favor and make some noise for all of my friends and family watching around the world? Thank you for joining us online. Come on, make some noise for them. We love you. Thank you for being a part of what God's doing. We believe that what's in this house is coming right to your house today. So keep your expectation up. Hey, I'm excited about um, today. The next couple of weeks today, I want to start a series on generosity. Everybody say generosity. And then next week, we've got a great special guest, Bishop Brian Green from Tabernac uh, Pentecostal Tabernacle. He's one of our church overseers. He's going to be with us. And then we have the Thanksgiving blessing, as Mo mentioned. I want to just add on to what Mo said and said, can I, I want to invite you. I know Mo told you what's happening, but I want to personally invite you as your pastor, Steph and I, and our team. We, we, we consider this an opportunity to, to pray with you and your family and to pray blessings upon you. And so I would ask you, put it in your schedule. Make it a priority. Bring your kids. It's a stop in. You can leave whenever you want. It's a come in. There'll be a team here. Pray with you. Send you back. I think they've got donuts and stuff in the lobby afterwards. But here's what I'm asking. Come with, come with a, a need. Come with something you're believing God for. What is it that you and your family need in the season? Come specific. Don't just come for a random prayer blessing. What is it that you and your family are, are attaching your faith to? Maybe it's health. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's provision. Maybe it's a relationship. But this is the night where you come, and we get to hook up with you, attach our faith with your faith, and we're going to watch God do some miracles in the house. Amen? And then the following week, I'll finish up our series on generosity. Hey, for the last couple of weeks, I've been praying about this, and honestly, I've been wrestling with it. What does that mean to wrestle with? It's like, do I preach it? Do I not preach it? Should I preach it? Should I not preach it? Is, is this the right time? And sometimes for me, I, I can get in my head and I can talk myself out of things that God's told me to do. You ever been there? Where he told you to do something, you're like, I don't know if that's the right thing to do right now. Don't you know what's going on? And he's been talking to me about talking and preaching about uh, uh, this opportunity for us to be generous. And I, I honestly started thinking about my life and, and, and what's going on in our lives. Like right now, it's crazy out there concerning money. Everybody say money. We're going to talk about money today. Like I, I've, I've noticed inflation. I'm feeling it. Uh, how, about, how about gas prices? You feeling the gas prices? All you with them V8s, you thought, man, I should go get a little four-banger right now. It's gas prices. And all the folks in electric cars are saying, ah, Everybody's feeling it, right? I mean, in some capacity, where's all the moms that do the grocery shopping? Right? Like you go to the grocery store and you're like, wait a second, nine months ago I was getting this for half price, it seems like. All of a sudden, like, like when, did, when did potatoes start costing more? Uh, I mean, beans, I, you, you look at the receipt when you go home, like, this doesn't add up. Y'all feeling it? How about the housing market? You were believing God for a house and you're like, I guess I'll just wait until the housing market comes back down because it's crazy out there, you know? And this inflation, all of a sudden we've got interest rates have gone up. I, I took a loan out this last year against our house to do some, some other things. And I, I got a 4% loan in July. And guess what? That same loan 6.5% now. What's that show, Sanford and Son, where he used to grab his chest like he's having a heart attack. He started talking to his dead wife. I'm coming to see you. I think that's how a lot of us are feeling right now. You know, everybody's feeling. I, I like, um, we, we, Steph and I decided in the last couple of years to, to do some investing in the stock market and put some stuff in our 401, thinking about retirement. Anybody thinking about retirement? You better be, because it's coming. And I, I'm thinking about it, and then I opened up our 401k thing, and all of a sudden it's like, it's down 20%. 
I'm thinking it would have been better in a shoebox under my bed than... Y'all, y'all feeling me? I, 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 this is not the best time to preach a message about being generous. You would think this is a message we need to be talking about. Hold on to what you got. But you know what? We're not that kind of church. And we're not those kind of people. It's, it's okay to feel it. And I think you should feel it. I think you should check it out. Set yourself up. But here's the great thing. You can feel something and not be moved by it. Your, your emotions are, are given to you by God on purpose. They're an alert. They're to say, hey, better pay attention to this. Y'all need to make sure you're budgeting right. You better make sure you're, you're doing the stuff right. Don't be frivolous. At the same time, you can be a good steward and not be moved. And, and I, I was thinking about this. The enemy didn't want me to preach what I'm going to preach today because of natural circumstances. But listen, we're supernatural beings. I said we're supernatural beings. And I want to remind you right up front of a couple of scriptures that God spoke over you knowing these times were going to come. And this is what he says in Psalm 92, 12. He said, the righteous, any righteous people? You're in right standing with God. He's your Savior. You've committed your life to him. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree and they will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. I love this, man. He's saying right now, you're like a palm tree. Everybody else is getting knocked down and snapped in half. But see, here's the thing about palm trees. They're resilient. And even though the storm may blow, man, they may bend over backwards one way or the other, but when that storm passes, man, their roots and that bulb stand straight back up. That's the provision that God has for you. You are the righteous, which means nothing going to break us, nothing going to snap us. And when everybody else is freaking out about the economy and, and this and that and midterm elections, guess what? My roots are planted in Him. You need to grab a hold of this. You are planted. You shall flourish like a palm tree. I spent uh, 10 years in Southern California. I know something about palm trees. And what I know about them is they're resilient. It never rains in Southern California. Like twice a year does it rain. And these things still continue to grow and thrive. That's just like you and I. No matter what soil content we're placed in, what environment What economy? Who's in the office? Who's not in the office? Listen to me. You and I, it's a declaration that we shall flourish even in desertous times, desert times. Here's another one for you just to get you fueled up before we start. Psalm 37, 18, he says, day by day, the Lord takes care of the innocent. Once in a while, when he feels like it. That's not what he said, Miss Althea. Not, not once a year. Not after you do this. He said day by day, morning, noon, and night, he takes care of the innocent and they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. For they will, listen, this is a declaration. It's a prophetic word for you. For you will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, you will have more than enough. Even when gas prices go up, you're going to have more than enough. Even when the stock market looks bleak, you're going to have more than enough because he's Jehovah Jireh. He's the God of the more than enough. Not the God of not enough. He knows what you need. And guess what? He's got it all taken care of. Anchor yourself in him and watch yourself flourish. I was at the doctor a while back, and and I was having some upper respiratory stuff, and they said, you know, we can give you an infusion today. And I was like, that sounds freaky. 
I thought this was just like a normal doctor's office. He's like, well, man, we can hook you up to an IV and we'll give you a, we'll give you a cocktail. I said, I came to, to the doctor. I didn't know I was going to the bar. He's like, no, 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 no. He said, like, we could give you a cocktail of minerals and vitamins and vitamin C. We'll give you the same. We'll put it right in your arm and we'll just put this bag in and drip you full of stuff, man. We'll get you ready to go. That's what I pray happens today to you, that hope gets infused to you today. That the, the, the prosperous mind and a prosperous soul, that you understand that you're going to be replenished and that you've been given something that others haven't, which is the ability to tap into God's covenant with man, which makes us flourish in every season. I said in every season, I refuse to go under because he told me I'm the head and not the tail. Where I read, he said that I am the lender, not the borrower. I'm talking to you today. Get your head out of the stand, uh, the sand and get it off the news. And get your face in the word and find out what he said about you. He's going to come to work on your behalf. Why? Because he's my daddy. Because he's my father. Because he's my provider. Because he's my protector. I, I, I was talking to somebody recently and we were talking about the longevity of this church. And they're like, ha, ha, what'd you say, 14 years? I said, no, I said, 40 years. They said, that, that, how's that happen? I said, well, there was a group of wild people 40 years ago that, that got together and they, and they set some values for how they were going to live their life together as a church family. And when you set values for a family or, or for what God's called you to do, what does it do? It puts parameters around you. It puts some safeguards in you to make sure you get where you're going. And one of the values that has carried us for 40 years and when the church has grown and grown and grown, and I'll be honest with you, we're in a great place right now because of the values that we've set in motion decades before. And so today, over the next 24 minutes, I want to talk about one of our core values. Everybody say just one. And if you're not familiar with our values and, and this is your home or whatever, I want to encourage you to go to the website. Go, those of you watching online, go to our website, click on the about page. And right there we list out our core values. This is, this is if you cut us, this is what we bleed. I wonder what that IFC church is all about. Go to the values page and you can see this is who we are and this is how we roll. And here's what I want to invite you. Come roll with us because God's been doing some things for 40 years. And he's going to continue to do some things for the next 40 years. You need to be a part of it. Here's one of them today. One of our values is generosity speaks. It's one of our values. It's not just an idea. It's something that we live by. Say it with me. Generosity speaks. And this is the way we've written it. We believe the time talent and treasure that God has blessed us with is to be used to bless others. Living a generous life expands our worldview and motivates us to be more like Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for these amazing people online and in the house. Lord, I pray that they, they catch the heart of this message today. Lord, I, I, don't, I don't care if they learn something today as much as that something's been imparted to them. Like no matter how they got here, Lord, I ask you to infuse them with this message of what it means to live a generous life because that's who you are and that's who you're calling us to be. 
So Lord, let us grasp a hold of this, sink our teeth into it, and declare this is who we are as a church, this is who we are as individuals. Give me boldness to preach just like you've placed it in my heart, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. We believe, according to this core value, that everything that we have is a blessing from God. We're first to recognize, and one of our other core values is Jesus is the center. Everything revolves around Jesus. We believe that because of Christ, we've now inherited something we could have never gotten on our own. And that's not just salvation, which that's part of it. It's eternal life, and it's abundant life. Everybody say abundant. We believe that John 10.10 is true, that says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life, and that we might live it to the fullest. One translation says, an abundant life. Another one says, a prosperous life. Well, we believe that we've been blessed with the abundance, the prosperity, and all that for, for, for more than one reason, and that is not just us. We've been blessed to be a blessing to others. Like, like it's not just something we talk about. It's actually something that we are. We, we, we want our generosity to, to speak for us. Before we ever have the chance to preach the gospel, we believe that our time is a gift from God. You better recognize that. Your time is a gift from God. You breathing today, it's a gift. You woke up today, you got time with your family today, you have time to go to work today, it's a gift. Everybody say, time's a gift. Your talents, the skills, your, your, your mindset, your brain, everything that you have that seems like, oh, it's something that I earn. No, no, no. Your intellect, your wisdom, it's a gift. Everybody say it's a gift. It's a gift. We've all been blessed with talents and abilities and skills. And what are they to be used for? They're to be used to help bless other people. In the same time with our time and our talent, we understand as a church that the treasure, the money, everybody say money. Nobody likes talking about money in church. They start freaking out. Everybody gets nervous. Listen, I'm not asking you for your money, but I want to tell you this. That money was a gift from God. In fact, most stole my service, stole my scriptures. I want to look at Deuteronomy 18, 818. We'll start calling you on Saturday night and say, make sure you don't preach these messages. But I love this Deuteronomy 818 out of the NASB, New American Standard. It says, but you should remember the Lord. Everybody say, you better remember. Remember Remember the Lord your God, for it is He. Everybody say, He. He He gives you the power to make wealth, that He might confirm His covenant, which He swore to your fathers as it is this day. He gave you the ability to get wealth. You didn't get that job on your own. You didn't get those brains on your own. Those skills and talents, they're way beyond you. You're human. He's superhuman. He's supernatural, and he put that in you. Listen to this out of the message. I love Eugene Peterson, the way he writes. He said, if you start thinking to yourself, I did all this all by myself. Look at me. I'm rich. It's all mine. He said, you better think again. You better remember that God, your God, gave you the strength to produce all this wealth so as to confirm the covenant that he promised with your ancestors, even as it is today. Everything, everybody say everything. My time, my talent, and my treasure, they're a gift from God to bless me so that I can bless other people. The gospel kingdom, the the message of the gospel goes far beyond you and I. 
It starts with Jesus, it travels through us, and it goes to the lost. Oh, I love this. You didn't get saved for yourself. You got saved for yourself so that God could do something through you for somebody else. Jesus didn't come and live for 33 years just to die and just die. No, he was dead and rose again so you and I could have eternal life, so we could live the abundant life. That's called grace. It's a gift. And we need to understand today, and I I pray that you catch this today, that, that, that we're called to live a generous life. And I want to dispel one myth about generosity because I, I hear this over, over time with different people in different circles. They say, well, I'm generous. I tithe. And I just want to tell you as your pastor, that's a misconception. Yeah, t- tithing and generosity are not connected. Tithing and generosity are not connected. Tithing is you returning what God gave to you back to him. Malachi says that, that he, he gives you the opportunity to return what? This Deuteronomy 8, 18, he's the one that gave you the ability to make wealth, to prosper, and to bless others. So when we tithe, we're returning the first fruits. Oh, this is tough right here. Y'all need to help me out. The, the, the tithing's not generosity. Tithing is responsibility. Tithing is not generosity. Tithing is stewardship. Hey, I'm going to give you 20 bucks, and, and when in the season, I'm going to come back. I'd like you just to give me 10% back, and when you give 10% back, guess what? I'll bless the other $18. Like, I'll make that $18 go so much more further than $18 can go on its own. When we tithe, we're returning. Everybody say returning. Let me just say this to you again. Just I know you don't want to hear it, but I got, I got to tell you the truth. It's the first fruits. Your tithe is the first fruits, not what's left over at the end of the month. Well, wait, well, let's pay the bills, let's pay the, let's pay the rent, pay the babysitter, let's get the groceries, and if we can, whatever's left over, we'll, we'll tithe it. No, no, that's not a tithe, that's stealing from God. It's a tithe, it's, it's the first fruits. It's when we, when we receive that paycheck, I, I, I honor him first. I'm going to mess with, I'm going to let him know, I'm a, I'm a God first person. This is a God first household. We're a God first church. What do we do? We honor you first. Everything else is subject to change. And I just tell you, listen, and here's a little secret that you may not know. We, we tithe off of your tithe. Just in case you didn't know that, you tithe from your first fruits. Guess what? The first 10% that comes out of these offerings that we take every week, we sow it again, like 10% right off the top. Why? Well, we're returning to Him what He has blessed us with. So generosity isn't tithe. Tithe is responsibility. Here's what generosity is. It's whatever you give over and above your tithe. It's that amount that when you look back and say, hey, well, we can do this or we can do that. Generosity is one that says, I'm thinking beyond myself. I, I know we got this thing planned, but I feel like we need to do this for somebody else. That's a generous heart. I said, that's a generous heart. That's, that's generosity. So here's two things. I got a lot to go through. Uh, 15 minutes. Everybody say 15. You could do it. Here's two things that, that happen when we... I love the cheering section. I like, you know, I, I like what Chip Judd said a few weeks ago. He said he, he likes the talk back because it lets me know you're here. 
Like when we go back to grade school, he said, yeah, they call you Darlington, Darlington. Here, yeah, yeah, here. Polk, Polk, Polk. Mr. Polk, is Mr. Polk here? Here, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what we're doing today. You just let me know you're here. So y'all help me today. Here's two things. Here's two things that, that live in a generous life do. Number one, being a generous person, it gives you a greater worldview. And some of us need that because the enemy's trying to isolate us and only let you see what you can see. And all you see is the lack around you. And all you see is the not enough around you. All you see is the credit report and the bills. And he's saying, listen, if you'll live a generous life, life goes on much bigger than beyond you and yours. Listen, the only way to see that God's bigger than your problems is to live a generous life. And all of a sudden, your mind opens and realizes, man, I, I, I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm doing okay. I, I heard a statistic this week. And, and, and I, I haven't looked it up. You can look it up for yourself. But it, when I heard it, it, it kind of rang my bell. It said, if you make $41,000 combined income, y'all are freaking out. <laughs> $41,000 in a combined income, you're in the top bracket of the world. Let me say that again. If you as a husband and wife make more than 41, right at $41,000, you're in the top tier of earners worldwide. $41,000. I couldn't live on nothing. We couldn't live in a shoebox for $41,000. All I'm trying to say is you need to recognize how blessed you are. And if $41,000 is what you make, guess what? You're set up top. You're way more prosperous. You're way more blessed. You're way more abundant than the average person that lives in the world. You got it pretty good, people. Sometimes we got to remember him. He set us up. So what does it do when we, when we live a generous life? Proverbs says, Proverbs 11 says, our world gets larger and larger. And those that are stingy holding on to their stuff, it gets smaller and smaller, and it closes in around them every day. He says, the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. And those who help others, they get helped. Here's the easy way to say it. Stingy living is focused on your stuff. Generosity is focused on somebody else's needs. I had a businessman talk to me a while back, and he said, I, I need, I got, you know, I got all these dreams and things, but, but I'm, I'm locked in. I, I'm, in I'm in a commission sales business, and, and they only give me these amount of clients, so, so I've got to, I'm, I'm limited in what I can make. And I said, you're limited in what you can make by that system. He said, I need to, I need to make more. I, 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 need, I need more. I need my, he said, I need my world to open up a little bit more. I got, I got more to do. There's more that I want to do. And I said, well, are you being generous? Are you tithing, number one? Are you, are you honoring God with what he's given you? And then are you sowing seed on top? Like, are you generous? Do you give? And he said, uh, uh, well, I, I don't really have... I don't really have the means to do, uh, I said, I didn't talk about a dollar amount. I just said, are you generous? Do you give over and above your tithe? And he said, well, probably, probably not. And I said, well, let me just challenge you. Why don't you start with something? Why don't you just sow a seed this week? It doesn't, I'm not asking the amount. Just sow a seed over and above it and make it a seed. Like, like sow it as a seed. Like plant it in the ground and ask God to bless it, that he opens up something that produces more. And then he said, he came to me a few weeks later, he said, he said you're not going to believe it. I said, I'm going to believe it. 
Pastor, you ain't going to believe it. I said, I'm going to believe it. He said, I did what you said. I said, which part? He said, I took the seed and I sowed it. And, I, and I've been sowing every week, not a lot, but a little bit. He said, I got a call from the manager this week, the, the, the national manager. And, and there's a spot open. They want me to be over the national sales, not just the regional sales. I said, what does that mean? He said, my world just got so much larger. Where once his salary was capped, now he said, they're going to pay me four times what I was going to make before. I said, well, what do you think it was? He said, it was that seed that I've been sowing. I said, what did it do? It opened up his world. You want a big expansion of what God wants to do in you? You want to see yourself in another place? Begin to sow seed over and above, over and above. Everybody say, over and above. Over and above your responsibility. Put something in God's hand and watch him explode things for you. Don't take my word for it. Take his word for it. Listen, when you choose to live generous, generously, you'll have an understanding that you'll never go without. Listen to this. In 1 Kings, 1 Kings 17, it said, the brook dried up where Elijah had been staying and there was no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah and said, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I've instructed a widow there to supply you with food. He's in a famine. It was by the river, and the, the birds were feeding him. They were going and taking filet mignon from the king's table and dropping it right there at the brook Cherith, and that's all dried up now. And now the Lord's given him an instruction. I was providing this way. Hear me now. I was providing for you under these circumstances, but now your provision's changing. Go here, and you're going to meet this woman. So he went to Zarephath, and he came to the town gate, and the widow was there gathering sticks and he called to her and asked you, would you bring me a little glass of sweet tea? I'm from down south. Would you bring me just a little bit of sweet tea and some lemons so I could have a drink? And, and as she was going, he said, hey, while you're at it, will you bring me one of those buttermilk biscuits? And she replied quickly, as sure, sure as the Lord lives, I ain't got no bread, I ain't got no cupcakes, I ain't got a muffin. I got a little flour in a jar, and I got a little oil left in this jug. And he said, you need to hear me. I'm gathering a few sticks. I'm going to take it home, and I'm going to make a meal for myself. Everybody say, myself. That's stingy thinking. I'm going to make a meal for me and my own that we're going to eat, and then we're going to die. We're ready to die. This famine's taking us long. We got one cupcake left, man, and we're, we're going. Called out to her again. He said, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, be generous. Make me one little buttermilk biscuit with some butter on top. And then bring it to me. And then make yourself whatever you need. For this is what the Lord says. The God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the Lord sends rain on this land. She heard the word, she received it by faith, and she acted on it. She went away, did what he told her, and there was food every day. Everybody say every day. Amen. Not only for Elijah, but for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with what the word of the Lord was spoken to her by Elijah. This is the principle of stingy versus generosity. 
Many of us live a life of, I got to take care of me first. And I, I got to be honest with you right now. You got to be careful what you listen to. Because all these success stories and blogs that you read and all these Twitter posts from successful people, the first thing they say is you better watch out for yourself. And it's totally anti-Christ. You better do what's right for you. You got to hustle for yourself. Keep everybody at bay, man. Don't try and take what you got. That is totally anti what Christ has called us to do. And this is a perfect example. She said, I'm going to make for me and myself. I got nothing for you. Biscuit. What are you talking about, biscuit? Do you know we in a famine? This is biscuits. Wish I had some Popeye's chicken right now. And I love this. He calls her out. He said, I, I think you need to rethink this. Because I'm not just talking to you as a man. I'm, I'm talking to you by God, your father. By God, the provider. By God, the protector. By God, the healer. By God, the restorer. And if you'll do what he said and stop looking at your stuff, listen, honey, you're going to have all the biscuits you can handle. You're going to have more food. That oil jug that you worried about is down to that. It's going to be overflowing. It says that she did it. She took him at his word. She made him what he asked. And it said the flour, it didn't run out. That jug of oil, it didn't run out. And I like that it said it didn't just run out for Elijah. She was talking about her and her boy. Now it says her and her family. Listen, when you take what God's given you and you take it off of yourself and you use it to bless somebody else, I'm going to tell you this, you will never run out. I said, you will never run out. There will always be more than enough when you live with an open hand. When you open your hands and say, Lord, I ain't got much, but, but this is what I got. You put it in his, in his hands. What are you doing? You're unleashing supernatural power that only comes from the generous heart. Generosity unleashes God's ability Many people will die with seed in their hand. Let me ask you this. What's in your hand today? What do you have? Say, well, it ain't much. I'm not asking you about the amount. I'm asking you about your heart. Are you willing and able to get your eyes off of yourself and ask the Lord to give you a greater worldview of how you can help somebody else? Because if you can make that heart switch, man, your pockets will be full all the time. The more generous you are, the bigger your vision gets. The stingier you are, vision begins to shrink and leak. I'm giving you some homework. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. 9, 6 through verse 12. You read it this week before we come back next week. He says, let you decide. You talk to the, I like to say that, you talk to the boss. When somebody asks me to do something with them, I say, I got to talk to the boss. I got to talk to my wife. Let me, let me check with the boss. You ask the Lord what you should give, and he says, when you purposed in your heart, when you give a little, he'll return a little. When you give a lot, he'll bless you back. You go back and do that. But the second thing I want to take time to talk about before we close is the second thing that happens when we live with a generous life and a generous heart is we become more like Jesus. We, we become more like Christ. The more generous you are, the kinder you are. The kinder you are, the more that people want to be around you. 
Some of us are looking for opportunities to minister, but nobody wants you to minister to them because they think you're stingy. They think you're cheap. Jesus wasn't cheap or stingy. It said that people followed him by the masses. Listen, who wants to hang out with a cheapskate? I don't. You don't. You ever go to dinner with somebody, they invite you to dinner? And at the end when the bill comes, they're like, I got, I got to go to the bathroom, bro. I'll be right back. <laughs> I've been to dinners like that. Stingy. I, you, you come to lunch with me, I'm going to arm wrestle you over that check. I was with dinner with, the, with, the dinner with some, some seasoned family members from this church, and we almost had a fist fight this week. Man said, I'm 80 years old. I'll whoop you right here. I'm paying for this meal. I said, I just don't want you to think I'm cheap. I don't want you to think I'm stingy. He said, you didn't have to tell me that. I know you're generous. Let me ask you this. Do people know that you're a believer on your job? I hope they do. But did you have to tell them you were a believer? Or did your generosity speak for you? I don't don't like going to dinner with with people and they say, I get the check, I get the check. And I said, well, you're going to leave a good tip, right? Oh, yeah, I got a tip. And I look over at the credit card, and the bill was $50. They left a $2 tip. What's that? I tipped them. You know, she didn't fill up my water glass. We had to wait. The food was kind of cold. I said, dude, you just told her we're from International Family Church. (laughs) Cheapskate, I put the tip down. Leave her a fat tip. Your generosity speaks for who you are or your stinginess speaks for who you are. My dad tips everybody. My dad is high maintenance, by the way. He he goes to McDonald's in the morning because he likes McDonald's coffee. He goes to the drive-thru and they say, can I take your order? And he says, hey, I'd like to get a cup of coffee. Is the coffee fresh? (laughs) He's like, I I, I want it piping hot. Like, can you put a fresh pot on right now? Yes, we'll take, yeah, we'll do it, sir. Yes, Karen, we can do that. And he comes through and they hand him the hot coffee and and, and 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 he eats the, the coffee and she's like, there's the high maintenance guy in his pajamas and he and he, you know he does. He said, Here, here, this is for you. And he always tips the lady at the window at McDonald's. And I said, Dad, you don't have to tip the girl at McDonald's. He said, I don't have to, I get to. He said, you know, I come here all the time. He said, when I walk in, he said, they know me by name. Hey, Mr. Roberts, right this way. He's the same way McDonald's is the same way we go to Ruth Chris. We go to eat at the fanciest takeouts. We get there, the bellman knows his name. Mr. Roberts, we got your table right this way. Guess what? Your generosity prepares a place for you. And again, it ain't for you to say, look at me. It's for you to say, look at him. I've been blessed to be a blessing. What I have, I give freely so that you can meet the provider. I like what Erwin McManus says. He's a pastor in L.A. He says, you cannot reflect God without the expression of generosity. It's impossible. You can't tell people you're a Christ follower and be stingy and mean. That ain't Jesus. They can read the book for themselves and realize everywhere he went, he was blessing people, going about doing good, healing all that were sick, meeting their needs. Listen, if we're going to be Christ-like, let's let our generosity speak before we have to tell them who we are. 
The actions of Jesus did not define what he did. He was a healer. He was a provider. Listen, his actions didn't define what he did. His actions defined who he was. Catch that today. They didn't define what he did. They defined who he was. He was love incarnate. He was God's love sent to humanity. He didn't have to go tell everybody, I'm the Son of God. They said, man, something different about you. That must be the Son of God. That must be the Messiah we've been praying about. What was it? His actions spoke for him before he even did anything. Two misconceptions that the enemy would like to steal from you. He'd like to tell you, don't be generous. You ain't got enough. The first, commi- the, first, the first thing he wants to tell you is you, 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 you're going to miss out because you can't do that. Jesus, when the, 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 the widow, the, the little old lady, she put the two coins in the box. He said, come here, guys. He gathered the disciples. I said, look at this. What are we looking at? This offering. Look at this. Two, two pennies. Two pennies. He said, yeah, he said she gave more than everybody else. Well, now she didn't. It's only two pennies. That guy gave 10 grand. Oh, no. You're looking at the amount. I'm looking at the heart. 10 grand to that guy was nothing. He's got millions. This was everything. She led a generous life. For us, don't be filled out to, to the amount that you can give. You start with what you have and you'll watch. God will give you more to give. The second misconception is He wants you not to be generous because He wants you to miss out on who you can become. You cannot become Christ-like without being generous. You can't succeed in your own life until you help somebody else succeed in their life. You can't have peace in your mind until you've helped settle somebody else's mind. Generosity is our time, our talent, and our treasure. Here's the thing. We, we, we have it to give. And it's not about what we get. It's about who we become in the process. Stop getting stuck on the destination of the White House. The blue house, the green house, the five bedrooms, the three bedrooms, the two-car garage, the, the car that you want, the job, the, the title that you want in your business. Get off the destination. Get off the destination and let him bless you and transform you into him through the journey. For those that are prosperous that I know, and I've got friends, they're multimillionaires. How'd you do this? They said, I have no idea, it just happened. I said, come on, man. He said, I, we, we just determined we're going to live a, a generous life. Me and my wife, when we started this business, we just said, we're going to take care of our employees. We're going to be generous. We're, we're going we're gonna to do things right. We're going to do it ethical. We're not going to cheat people. We're going we're gonna to love them, and we're going we're gonna to live generously. We're going to give back out of what we get. And he said, I'll just tell you what, man, 10 years went by, and I, all this showed up. He wasn't focused on the destination of the dream. He was focused on the obedience and who he was going to become. Let me close here. November 29th is, is Giving Tuesday. I talked about it a little bit last week. And I like Giving Tuesday. It's a, it's a, it's a global effort, listen to this, to release radical generosity. I wish we wrote that because that speaks of who we are. Radical. Everybody say radical. Radical generosity, like mind-blowing generosity. And so last year we participated in it, and we gave away a couple hundred thousand dollars because you were radically generous. We gave money locally. We gave money regionally. We gave money around the world. We're doing the same thing this year. 
Tuesday, November 29th, Steph and I and our staff, we've determined we're going to give away $150,000. We're going to do it. And, and I want to give you the opportunity to be a part of it. I want to give you the opportunity to be a part of, of what God has done for 40 years in this house so that you can receive and become who, who we're learning to become, which is Christ-like. Last week I talked to you about the local organization. We're going to start with the Merrimack Valley Dream Center right here in Lawrence. Great friends of ours. They're, they're doing a phenomenal work. But today I want to talk to you about the national organization. And then next week I'll talk to you about the global organization that we're going to uh, give to. But this, this, this organization uh, is called Mercy Multiplied. Mercy Multiplied was founded by Nancy Alcorn in 1983. It's a nonprofit Christian organization that equips young ladies to live free and stay free through a relationship with Jesus Christ. They have a residential program that's totally voluntary. It's the girls go on their own admission, and it's biblically based, and they help young ladies between the ages of 13 and 32. They've helped them break free from life-controlling issues in situations like abuse, anxiety, depression, eating disorders, self-harm, addictions, unplanned pregnancies, and even sex trafficking. The residential programs are offered free of charge, and most young ladies stay there for a minimum of six months, upwards to nine months. We have ladies in this church that have actually gone through this program, and their life was radically changed. Last, last, last year, we actually used Nancy Alcorn's curriculum because we had some young ladies dealing with some of this drama in their life, and we used it as a life group curriculum. And guess what? We saw young ladies getting freedom for the very first time because this woman dared to do what she did 39 years ago. They've grown over the last 39 years from one home to now they have a home in Monroe, Louisiana. They have a home in Nashville, Tennessee, St. Louis, Missouri, Sacramento, California, and the two newest ones in the UK and in Canada. Hey, I am super pumped to partner with Nancy in this organization. You can go on our, on our website and read about them. And I want to just say this to you. I've opened up the giving lanes. I mean, somebody asked me last week, do we have to wait to give? I'm, I'm ready to give now. You ain't got to wait. You can scan the barcode on the back of your seat or you can go to our website, click the giving tab, and there's a little drop down, and it'll say right there, it'll say Giving Tuesday. We're going to sew all the way through uh, the second week. Uh, start, the, the, the big day is, uh, why can't I talk right now? November 29th, we're going to leave it open for seven days. And here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to give. Tell him, turn to your neighbor and say, he no pressure. I want to present you with the opportunity to give. Here's what I am asking of you as your pastor. I'm asking you to pray. I'm asking you to take some time this week and ask God, what would you have me to do over and above my tithe? Don't just move your tithe. Don't do that. Don't move your tithe and say, I'll just tithe this week and I'll put it in seat. It's not the same. Over and above your tithe, what would God have you to do? And here's what I'm asking. What, what would be radical for you? Because for some of us, it'd be easy. I just, I just write a check. And you've been blessed. And that's, that's not what I'm asking. I'm not asking for you to tip God. I'm asking you to, to do something radical. Something that's actually beyond your ability. And I'm, I'm going to take one second right here because I think this is important. In 2 Corinthians 9, when you read it, it says that he'll give seed to the sower. Steph and I have sat in services like this where I was moved. And I wanted to do something, but when I got in my pockets, I was like, how much do we have? And I have nothing. 
And I cried. I hold my wife's hand. We're supposed to be a part of this. Like, we're supposed to sow something. She said, we don't have anything. And I said, 2 Corinthians 9 says that we can ask him. He said he would give seed to the sower. Lord, I'm a sower. And so we got an agreement said, we want to be a part of this Giving Tuesday thing. And so we said, Lord, bring it to us. We'll give it all. And you know what? He showed up. Crazy situation happened. We fell into some money that, that was significant. It was radical. And I told her, I said, we don't have to give it all. We could give, we could give some of it. And she elbowed me and told me, you're an idiot. We told the Lord if he brought it to us, we would give all of it. And so we did. We prayed over it. And we sowed it. Was a, listen, it was a radical amount of money. And the next week, guess what? Something else happened for us that was even more radical than the first. And it was God saying, can I trust you with it? Let me ask you, can he trust you with radical generosity? I, 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 I've told the Lord over the last couple of years, hey, you can trust me with it. Because I've proven to you, you brought seed, I sowed it. You brought seed, I sowed it. You brought seed, I sowed it. And I'm doing the same thing in this season. Lord, if you'll bring the seed, I'll sow it. So let me ask you, pray about what would be radical for you and your family. Let's together, let's let our generosity speak to these organizations and let them know, hey, we're behind you. God's for you and IFC is supporting you. Amen? Hey, let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to, to preach your word. Lord, thank you for giving me this opportunity to pastor this amazing church. Thank you for giving me and Steph the opportunity to, to, to do life with such extravagant, generous people. Lord, we're grateful to be a part of this. Lord, we declare that we will sow $150,000 in November to these organizations that you've brought to our heart because they're close to your heart. So Lord, I ask you today on behalf of your people, bring seed. Bring seed through whatever channels you have to to these sowers so that we can give. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.